0: He really wanted to ride in the elevator, went in the elevator by himself, pushed too many buttons, and he got stuck in the elevator. To be honest, I was kind of glad that he got stuck. I don't
1: know if the, you're gonna qualify for kids after these <laughs> Yeah, <stories>. probably <laughs> not.
0: Welcome to our podcast, Real Estate Happenings with Nan & Company Properties. Ready?
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast, Real Estate Happenings with Nan & Company Properties. My name is Jose Almodovar. I'm COO of Nan & Company Properties. Today I'm here with probably one of the best numbers guy we have on the team, Andrew Lin.
0: Hi guys, how are you?
1: So let's talk Andrew about uh, numbers, investing, real estate. Um, When I was young, probably the number one reason I got into investing in real estate is because as a young person, it was hard for me to save money. So that was probably my foot in the door. And I know you and I always, go around kicking rocks when it comes to numbers because you're a numbers guy and i'm just a numbers guy so what's your take on investing in real estate
0: sure so definitely i think um, like you mentioned it's a great way to save money it's a good vehicle that's tangible uh, that isn't as volatile as some of the other asset classes um, and you always need to live somewhere so what better place to park your money than somewhere that you need to live and enjoy as well oh yeah for sure, for sure.
1: Especially with uh, a lot of millennials these days, when I was young, we you know I had things that were not good investments. I had a power boat one time. Probably the, the best day um, of owning a boat is the day you buy it and the second best day is the day you sell it. So making smart choices with money is is key. And when you're dealing with people, um, usually most people's biggest investment is their home and it becomes very personal. So on the residential side, It's such a personal transaction that people don't realize like when you when you deal with some of your customers and you're talking about investing, how do you approach it when they're just too emotionally tied to their decisions that they make in real estate?
0: Right. So my background is all on the finance side. Um, When I was in Baltimore coming out of school, I worked on a team of uh, five individuals that managed almost a billion dollars. And then I came down here to work with a smaller group that also managed a very sizable amount. So um, when it comes to being stewards and um, making sound decisions for other people's money, this is what I've been doing throughout my whole career, even though it hasn't always been in real estate. Uh, When it comes to the emotional side of things, on your traditional finance and textbook um, investing, that is probably the most common downfall is that you let the emotions get the best of you and you make decisions that aren't objective um, and a lot of times they're the wrong decisions at the wrong time. Uh, So even though this is a very personal transaction buying a home that you would live in, uh, what I really focus on is keeping that objective point of view during the process to make sure that um, if somebody's buying a home that they are getting the best deal possible. And that if they're selling a home that we have a really realistic expectation going into it, um, as to, you know, what the market will accept as the right price for the property.
1: Wow. That's, that's a lot of information to divulge. Um, and a lot of people when they don't do real estate every day, they sort of look at it from the outside looking in. And a lot of times they get real confident that this is an easy transaction. I could do it for sale by owner you know, I got this, I'm, I'm a professional in my field, I'm a surgeon, I'm an attorney. Um, all these different uh, professions, they'll come in and they'll try to do transactions on their own. You know, big investments, smart people. Um, sometimes do you see that other people try to come in and think that the finesse of keeping a, a, a deal together is easy and then they find out the hard way that w- the value in a real estate agent.
0: There's a good analogy to this uh, that I heard many years ago uh, similar on the investing side where you're only investing in stocks or bonds, but um, if I'm sick, I want to go to see a doctor. Even though you're very smart and you may be a lawyer, you're not the right person to see. So I'm a big proponent of uh, making sure that you're working with an expert in the field that you're looking at um, so you don't have those downfalls and fall into those uh, you know, potential traps that could really burn you in the long run for sure for sure that's what i
1: i'm very simple i think i would never win a, an argument or a negotiation with my wife so i leave the negotiations up to her so that she controls all the sales i'm definitely tied to um, probably my emotions when making decisions or my impulses so by putting her as a median and and she's the vehicle in our decision process it makes our a lot of things a lot of things in the end go a lot smoother um so yeah i definitely agree with that what are some um, quick ways of having success in real estate, whether it's on the um, really, you know, being an agent side or, or being a, you know, an investor side or builder side, what are, what are like some of the top three things you'd recommend to somebody that's trying to be successful?
0: Uh, top three things I would say, whether it's real estate or anything else, you gotta work hard. Um, there's no easy way to get around that. There's no fast track to success. Um, you know, I work every day. I don't remember the last time that I've taken a day off when people ask me, you say you work every day, are you working Sundays too? I said, yeah, I work every day. Um, it could be in varying capacities, but every day I'm doing something related to real estate and helping the guys that I'm working with. Um, so number one, definitely no um, no replacement for hard work. Uh, the second thing I would say is, you know, when I first came in and spoke to Nancy and was thinking about joining Nan, she said, really focus on what your strengths are. So instead of trying to spend time and uh, improve those areas where you may not be as, a, be as strong in, uh, definitely focusing on what you know, what your background is is helpful to really highlight those points so I remember in one of our first conversations she said well you're a numbers person so you should just focus on numbers and really um, let everybody know that is your specialty um, and that's what you bring to the table um, and then third I would say uh, don't be afraid to try new things um, and that's also you know a really awesome part about being in the company uh, you know when we have an idea and somebody's willing to execute it and um, you know, explore, we have the support of the team behind us um, from you and Nancy. Um, and, you know, I've done some crazy things. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I've done some crazy things. You know, when I was working full-time in finance, and not a lot of people know this, I did share this with Nancy. So when I was working full-time in finance, uh, you know, I would work in the office eight to five, eight to six. And, uh, you know, I'm not a native Houstonian. So when I moved here, I literally knew one person. And I thought, all right, what is the fastest way that I could meet the most people possible in the quickest time possible. Um, So I thought, all right, well, you know, Uber is taking off here. So I went out and I probably had the nicest Uber in the city, but I had an S-Class Mercedes and I drove a thousand people in this Uber. I would go to work for, uh, you know, 10 hours a day in the finance office and then I would come out and I would drive until midnight. I would wake up at five in the morning and drive for a few hours and then go back to work. Uh, So, you know, I took a step back after a while and said, man, you know, I met a lot of people, but none of this has converted to actual closings in real estate. And so that's when I decided to stop. But without having that experience, I would have never known that driving for Uber and trying to meet people for real estate probably doesn't work. Uh, Don't be scared about trying new things and always be willing to to test stuff out because you'll never know unless you try.
1: You seem really, really knowledgeable um, when it comes to numbers. So let's just get straight to it. What's a good market within Houston right now where I'm a builder, I can make some money?
0: Uh, right now, it depends on what you're looking to build. I would say um, if you want to do something that's high volume, high um, velocity in terms of the time it would sell, I would say definitely, you know, there, there are areas close to the loop, right outside the loop, whether it's um, right north of the heights and independence heights Uh, i think that's a great area close to the city proximity is always going to be key location is always king Um, i think that area is going to be great in the long run Um, there's a lot of land there still that isn't crazy expensive Um, if you're thinking about building something or renovating something um, a little bit more fancy um, you know i think there are opportunities that we talked about in river oaks there are not many classic houses that retain that charm from the 30s and 40s that are really done nicely Um, and that's a modern um you know uh, that's outfitted with modern finishes Um, because there are people out there that like that historical aspect of it but they want to move into a home and they don't want to do any work so i I would say it's like 99 percent of the people i come across whether it's two hundred thousand dollars or two million dollars Usually they don't want to do anything uh, when they find a home. They just want to get the keys and move right in.
1: Yeah, that's a very good point. I know that's a, it's a
0: lot of work when you
1: go to a new home. Um, what about, let's say, a first-time homebuyer? What would you recommend for a first-time homebuyer that's maybe, let's say it's their second home. The first home they bought was outside of the city and now they're coming back into the city. And they're, I don't know if you necessarily need to call it an upgrade, but they are making a movement from... The suburbs back to the city what would you recommend
0: yeah i think uh, it depends on what you're looking for um, if you're looking for straight investment um you know it depends on the price point of course if you're looking for schools it, it's just dependent on what are those key drivers um, but i would say ultimately the land is going to be valuable so if you can find something that sits on a piece of dirt um, even though the house may not be brand new or it may not even be a recent build um, ultimately, you know what you can replace in that uh, in that plot in the long run would be what's most valuable. All
1: right. So um, off topic, you know what are some of the, like the craziest things that's ever happened to you in real estate? You know um, that you can think of some maybe some eccentric clients. You don't have to use names. You know I wouldn't use names because I'd be afraid they'd be listening to this podcast right now. But. um just not to put you on the spot, but okay. So you know.
0: I, I guess probably the best story is um, you know I was in a pretty big house. They had a pool, um, and they had three kids with us. Parents continually told the youngest kid, he was probably about eight, to stay away from the pool. Next thing I know, I hear a big splash. The boy is swimming <laughs> in his full clothes. Uh, so that's probably one. And then the other one, a kid was probably about. Five or six, and he really wanted to ride in the elevator. Went in the elevator by himself, pushed too many buttons, and he got stuck in the elevator. So luckily, we got him out. But uh, you know, he was in there panicking, and um, to be honest, I was kind of glad that he got stuck. You know, kind of hope he learned a lesson there. <laughs> but uh, those are probably the the two craziest stories dealing with kids. coincidentally both of them are with kids that's
1: that's hilarious good thing i don't
0: have any kids or anywhere close to it but
1: uh, i don't don't know if you're gonna qualify for kids after these yeah probably not probably not it's okay
0: though
1: yeah but that's awesome um so all right guys there you have it that is it for episode four of real estate happenings thank you so much for andrew joining us be sure to follow him on instagram at houston's greatest and send us what you want to hear on our next Instagram at, at NAMProperties. And stay tuned for uh, next Tuesday's episode. Talk to you soon. Hey!